Wednesday night, college basketball included yet another top 10 team falling to an unranked opponent. Out to the uh, KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports room by Carrie Miller of Bleacher Report. Carrie, always good to have you on the show. Let's talk about the season in general here. It's been filled with multiple top 10 opponents losing to ranked opponents, including last night with Kentucky losing at home to Florida. Why have there been so many surprising results uh, in the first part of the season or first half of the season roughly now? Uh, that is a great question. Uh, nobody is elite this year. I think it's a you know, certainly a combination of not a strong freshman class at all, and you still have the COVID year. You know, you got a lot of fifth year, even some sixth year seniors out there. So there's just, you know, it laid the groundwork for more parity than usual in a sport where, you know, the divide between the haves and the have nots have been decreasing as is. Um, so I think it's just a kind of bizarre year in that regard, but we'll see. I mean, it's always around this time of year that it just feels like nobody's great and nobody even deserves to be in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting deal this year for sure. So who are the closest teams to being elite, at least this year, in college basketball? Yeah, I think it's Connecticut and Purdue are pretty clearly a cut above the rest. Um, you know, they're not breaking ground there. They're number one and number two in the AP poll, and they've been kind of battling each other for that top spot all season long. But yeah, I think Connecticut is – probably the best team very very real shot at repeating would be the first since florida in the mid 2000s but i mean they're they're loaded um you know with a healthy donovan Klingon, with a you know they have one of the few freshmen who actually is a difference maker in steph castle uh, when they've been healthy they've been they've been so tough to beat and then with purdue if you can get over the fact that they've lost to a double-digit seed in three consecutive NCAA tournaments, they're they're in good position to to be that team to beat. I mean, Zach Eady is most likely going to win National Player of the Year again, and I think his supporting cast is better than it was last year with Braden Smith really developing and and bringing in Lance Jones as one of those fifth-year seniors who transferred in from Southern Illinois. Okay, so you mentioned those two guys that have you know been added to the roster, and you mentioned the Purdue history. So, is this Purdue team, uh, which escaped an overtime last night against Northwestern, is, is this Purdue team different than what we've seen in the past? It should be. We'll see. Uh, well, I mean, we felt that way with uh, Rick Barnes' teams at Tennessee, and then they just keep letting us down in March. I, I think we're at that point with Matt Painter's teams where there's just something about them that is not built for the stretch run in, in March. I don't, I don't know if it's just the simple fact that, you know, you got to have elite guards in the tournament and Painter seems to always have a seven foot four dominant player as his best player. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah, they just, they just need to lob it up to Edie more than they did against Fairleigh Dickinson last year. And, I got to hope that at least one of Braden Smith or Fletcher Lawyer shows up in a big way with uh, three pointers because, you know, last year they were the the freshman tandem in the backcourt and you know they really fell apart in in several games prior to the tournament and they were kind of brutal in that loss to a 16 seed. But this year, pretty consistently, at least one of them shows up on a nightly basis and in that 
that big win against Arizona back in whatever, December, November, they were both mm-hmm. excellent. Like that, that was kind of the, you know, the top, the peak of what uh, Purdue could be. Back to Connecticut for a second. How would you compare them to the team that won the national championship last year? Yeah, I think they're – the only real question I have is who is their Andre Jackson this year. Like, he was just that mm-hmm. that dude who was just insane on defense. You know, he was going to lock you down no matter what. I mean, they they can score with anybody. They can be tough against anybody. I think Castle could be that guy for them. Um Again, he missed some time early in the year. He's still, he still, he was great last night against, um, ah, who were they even playing? Providence. Uh, he had 20 Providence, points in that yeah. one. And, uh, yeah. you know, if he if he continues to develop like he could, I mean, he can be that, you know, 3 and D elite type of guy who, who's going to very likely be a lottery pick if he goes one and done. But not not entirely sure they have that, you know, individual difference maker on defense that they had last year. But that's the only real complaint. Man, they can – they can shoot the lights out with, with Spencer and Caravan and Tristan Newton. When he decides to put the team on his back, he can carry them a long way. Talking college basketball with Kerry Miller from Bleacher Report. The Mountain West Conference, uh, they're going to have more teams in the NCAA tournament than the Pac-12. Why do you think uh, you know the Mountain West has surpassed the Big 12, the Pac-12, excuse me? Uh, and uh, who's the best team in the Mountain West? Yeah, that's a uh, I, I, I'll start with the latter question. I think it's New Mexico, not resume-wise, but you just watch them. They got dudes. <laughs> I mean, their backcourt of Donovan Dent, Jalen House, and Jamal Mashburn Jr. is kind of second to none. Um, JT Toppin is one of the best freshman big men in the country, and then they got um, Nelly Jr. Joseph, a transfer from Iona. Like they're, I would take their starting five like against just about anybody in the country, and I think they've got a good chance on a neutral floor. Mm-hmm. As far as the you know, why the league is better than the Pac-12. I mean, they were just so good in non-conference play. Like, those top five, six teams completely avoided suffering any bad losses. And, you know, sometimes that's all you really need to do to, I don't want to say game the system, but, you know, convince the, the net and the metrics that your league is really good. I mean, more than half of the league went through the first two months without suffering any bad losses. I mean, now they are taking losses at, at Wyoming, at UNLV, and those are – it might keep the league from – you know, at one point we thought the Mountain West might be a six-bid league. I think probably five might be the ceiling now. But, yeah, they've got they've got a lot of players, and that's another, you know, kind of a microcosm of what I was saying before where there's – you know, the freshman class isn't good, but a lot of fifth-year seniors. I think the, the leading – scorer in the Mountain West among freshmen is like averaging eight points per game. They just have all these fifth-year seniors. Like, man, Isaiah Stevens yeah. feels like he's been there for a decade, and he, he could be a <laughs> yeah. you know top-10 national player of the year at Colorado State. Uh, Jaden Ledee has been a huge breakout guy at San Diego State. So they just just a lot of really solid uh, elderly players in that league, if you will. Elderly, all right. Uh, from the Pac-12, uh, the University of Arizona, since December the 1st, they have a losing record when they haven't played at home in McHale. Why has Tommy <laughs> Lloyd's team struggled on the road like this? I mean, I, certainly the Oregon State game was bizarre. Like, I think Oregon State shot 60% from three, and they were just like – it felt like they could have been – you know, Harlem globetrotter in it from half court, just throwing it behind their back and it would have gone in. It was nuts. But 
it, they've just had some some tough luck on the defensive end of the floor for sure. I still think Arizona's among the contenders to win it all for sure. Um, I mean, like you said, they, they've not been able to travel very well, but they did get a very nice win at Oregon. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. you know, that almost made them break even for the week, you know, from a bracketology perspective, uh, winning at Oregon, losing at Oregon State, whatever. That's like a, a net wash, and I think they're still looking good for a two-seed. We'll just see how that three-point defense pans out the rest of the way. Yeah, the ACC uh, has really declined in quality the last couple of years. The ACC uh, has been elite for most of my literal 50 years of watching college basketball. What has happened to the quality depth of this conference? And, uh, you know, I think Carolina is pretty good. I'm not really sure what I think of Duke. So, you know, how would you sum up all that that I just spit out there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know why the the depth is down. I mean, certainly the – you know, for a while there, it was right. Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, Jim Beheim, Rick Pitino. Like the league was just loaded with quality coaches. I mean, Leonard Hamilton yeah. used to be elite. Uh, I think he's probably past his prime now in his upper seventies. Uh, you know, I think the Tony Bennett's pack line defense. If they're not scoring, teams have kind of figured out how to score against them enough to to win those games in the 60s against them so i think virginia's really fallen back to the pack but yeah outside of duke and north carolina that league's kind of terrible like it's just like seven bubble teams uh certainly louisville being awful and notre dame being pretty terrible isn't helping matters Uh, i don't think getting cal stanford and smu in the league next year is going to do anything to help the basement of that league (laughs) improve um so yeah it's it's down and it, it might get even worse uh, next year with the whatever that'll be an 18 team league. Okay, so let's go to the not so good to the really good. The Big 12, this is just <laughs> a kind of a street fight every night, almost no matter who's playing. It's pretty, pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there's at least two, three overtime games every week in the Big 12, yeah. certainly. Right. three times as many that come right down to the wire and decided by one or two points. I mean, it's, it's an incredible league for sure. Um, you know, there have been certainly, I have questioned the league's, you know, non-conference scheduling outside of Kansas and Baylor, the entire league just kind of took off the month of November and December. But if you're able to go 500 in this league, you're going to probably make the tournament anyway, because you're going to have nine really good wins on your resume. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, as I've been saying all season, if you can only subscribe to one of the, you know, streaming league-specific networks, it's got to be the Big 12 network because it's always enjoyable to watch. It definitely is, no question. The SEC, I'm a little confused at what's going on here. Uh, you know, South Carolina has beaten Kentucky and Tennessee in the last eight days. Let's just start with them. Uh, Lamont Price has done a really good job turning around that program in a quick period of time. Uh, what do you think of the Gamecocks moving forward? Yeah, I don't even, I don't even fully understand how they won those games. They just, they seem to kind of punch Tennessee or excuse me, Kentucky in the mouth. You know, that was a, it almost felt like a trap game for the Wildcats. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I still don't know how that one got so out of hand so quickly. But the other night against Tennessee. They just, like, locked down everybody except for Dalton Connect. He went off for 31 points, and the rest of the team scored 28, which is 
I think says more about what's wrong with Tennessee as a title contender than necessarily what makes South Carolina a legitimate Final Four threat. But they brought in a good number of transfers. I mean, Michi Johnson from um, Ohio State previously, he's been so huge for them. Um, B.J. Mack came from uh, Wofford, uh, one of those fifth-year transfer type guys he's just been clutch for them as well so i i don't know they south carolina is always a tough team i feel like they still have that kind of frank martin identity on defense they still play that (laughs) slow methodical they're going to beat you up type approach and you wonder if they can actually hit any shots to make up for it but thus far they've been making it work um i don't think they're going to win the league i don't even know if they'll finish top five in the league because the the quartet of Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and Kentucky is all, you know, very, very good. But I I do think South Carolina is very solidly in the tournament field. I would be shocked at this point if they don't dance. Why can't Kentucky get stops? I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think we're all, we're all confused by that one. It's usually the kind of the identity of Calipari's teams, right? I mean, they'll get a, you know, a rim protector, which they, they do have now. I mean, Ugana Inyatso was awesome last night uh, in that mm-hmm. loss to Florida. He had like seven blocks, career highs and points, rebounds, blocks, and steals all in one game. That's a pretty good game. Um, but they it, lost. Their, their guards <laughs> just aren't doing much. They, uh, they're doing a lot on offense. I specify that. I mean, Reeves is a great yeah. shooter. Shepard, Dillingham, all elite scorers. They're just not outside of Shepard getting like two steals per game, they're they're really not doing all that much in the uh, the backcourt defense. That's that's letting teams get comfortable in the half court, and that, that's kind of killing them repeatedly. Um, I mean, certainly the decision to not foul up three with five seconds left in regulation last night that yeah. was uh, that was a tough one. <laughs> there are a few things that drive me more nuts in sports than that. I mean, I sit here every night for the last. 20 years just thinking what the hell are they thinking or not thinking in some cases talking college basketball carrie miller from bleacher report okay it's going to be a great saturday slash sunday in college basketball first uh, i think it's the best two days of the week uh the best two days of the season i should say so far this year uh one of those games is a uh, you know a couple teams we briefly discussed here tennessee at kentucky uh what do you expect to see in that game on saturday yeah there's Man, Saturday's Saturday's crazy. And Duke, UNC, Houston, Kansas, Tennessee, Kentucky. There's a couple of other ones. I, I was putting together my uh, you know National Player of the Year rankings uh, yesterday, two days ago, or whatever. And just every every slide, I was writing like, well, let's let's see how he does Saturday in that marquee showdown. <laughs> like that was like seventy percent of the players. Like it's all going to come down to this day. But yeah, Tennessee, Kentucky. That's that might be one of the best games of the entire season. I mean, well, Dalton Connect, if he's able to score, you know, 30 again, he's averaging almost 32 over his last six games. And as we just said, Kentucky's backcourt is not playing much defense. But that, that could be a, a dynamite showdown between Connect and, and all of Kentucky's guards. I, I, I assume it's going to go right down to the wire. We've had a couple of Kentucky overtime classics lately, uh, Texas A&M, Florida last night. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one goes to at least one overtime as well. First team to 90, I would say, but that uh, means that Tennessee has to score other than connect. Yeah. Yeah, that's the uh, 
That's been the question all season long with Tennessee. I mean, they were able to get there in that, that game against North Carolina. That was a 192, but yeah. we'll see if they can top 85 in, against Kentucky. Okay, Duke and Carolina uh, in the Chapel Hill on the, on Saturday night. Uh, you know, Duke uh, you know, won earlier this week. Carolina got beat. I don't know if that was a look-ahead thing for them or not, but uh, – Actually, I thought they were pretty good. They're, they're, they're playing better defense this year. Why, why might that be? Yeah, they, they've been awesome on defense, and I think it's mostly the uh, Harrison Ingram transferred in from Stanford and has been just – feels like there are three copies of Harrison Ingram out on the court at any given time. He seems to be <laughs> everywhere. Um, so he's been, he's been really clutch for them. What's weird about North Carolina – Armando Baycott, right, Mr. Double-Double for most of his career, hasn't had 10 points or 10 rebounds in any of his last three games. I don't know what's going on with him. I, I mm. feel like their ceiling is lower if he doesn't, you know, bounce back to what he usually is. But R.J. Davis is still doing everything he can to carry them, playing, you know, doing his uh, buddy healed thing, just scoring like crazy, having a great senior year breakout, <laughs> shooting the lights out from three-point range. But – I assume they'll get that win at home against Duke, who I, I think you kind of alluded to as well. It feels like North Carolina is great. It kind of feels like something's just lacking with Duke, even though they are you know, a top-10 team. It doesn't feel like they're quite there among the, the legitimate title contenders. Um, but you know, a road win over North Carolina could change how we feel about that in a hurry. Okay, Kerry, so what do you got coming up next with Bleacher Report? Uh, what can we read in the next few days here? Oh, I don't even know, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll have a bracket. Well, I got some, I got some suggestions like for you. <laughs> hey, I'm always open to suggestions. <laughs> well, just, just, just talk, just watch the Saturday games. That should be like five or six stories for you, right there. Seriously, yeah, it's gonna be a, gonna be a wild day. And then I think Purdue at Wisconsin on Sunday as well. Man, right, right. Can't, can't ask for more than that. Pretty good. Should be a fun weekend. Kerry, good talking to you. I'm sure we'll do this uh, a few more times be, uh, before the season ends and uh, should be an interesting tournament because I'm not really sure from one day to the next day who is really good and who is not. <laughs> so it's uh, confusing. Yeah, it's been one of those years for sure, but uh, it was good catching up with you, Bob. Take care.